right now, currently, now that I'm doing more outbound marketing, my closing process has changed. And even the way that I talk to people has changed. So I still start off with your situation, which is what does your business look like? And then at the end, it's more like, what do you want it to look like? Right? And then have them paint a picture of what that looks like and then me coming in as the solution. So I make it very simple, very not pressured. That's one of my biggest things is you don't want to feel like you're a used car salesman who's your like. Welcome to the Freedom Chasers Podcast, where we bring you interviews and discussions that share the stories, successes, goals, and dreams of real estate agents and real estate investors pursuing a life of purpose and freedom. All right, today I get to interview Karis Prado, and I am so excited about this because this is a gal that has built some investing businesses and has 40 virtual assistants that she has built a team with, a leadership team of as well, and they do a lot of cold calling. So this is like near and dear to my heart because I built my business off cold calling, and I'm so excited, Karis, to be able to dive into this with you. So take us into this right away. What was your initial exposure into real estate, real estate lead gen? So it started off with acquisitions and wholesaling. I was in dental and I knew there was a moment where I wanted to get out of that and I just didn't know what was the next step. My world kind of seemed like it was pretty small. I was thinking that I was going to continue into dentistry, but at that moment, I really asked for something more, something different. And that's when real estate kind of just came into my life. And I know a lot of like entrepreneurs and people who are in real estate, they already go in wanting freedom and financial freedom and freedom of your time. For me, it wasn't necessarily like that. It has grown into that. But in the beginning, it was me getting a passion and being brought like sucked into sales and psychology. And that was something that I really loved. And because of sales and psychology, I went and I quit my job in two days and I just dove right into real estate. And ever since then, like I have not looked back. I don't want to look back. I'm pretty sure my dental license has expired. I don't care. It's not going to happen. Sales and psychology is usually what makes those two words make people run um, and, and not be like excited. So what was it for you? Like, what was enticing about learning sales and psychology? For me, it was knowing how people think and how they respond to certain things that we say. Sales and psychology is all around you. So whether you say like you want to run from it, there is no running from it. It's there all the time. Even where you're looking at marketing things, it's always there. It's just that you don't realize that it's there. It's in movies, it's in advertisements, it's all over. So I wanted to really learn the language of how to communicate with people and how people function the way they do and why we react the way that we react. So what were some of the early things that you learned? I mean, you're coming from the dental practice, right? I mean, they're not teaching you sales skills no. in, in that <laughs> world. So what were some of your early lessons that you learned? Um, so I, I dove in really deep right away. So the first thing was learning about spin selling. So, you know, how you have your situation, Oh yeah, yeah, your problem, all of that stuff. Those were the things that really caught my attention, but also like the mirroring, the tonality before Dennis, before going into real estate, I'd never even heard the word tonality. And when people started talking about tonality, that really caught my attention because there's so much you can do with your voice 
because especially when you're on the phone, people don't see you. So now you're taking out the major part of communications, which is your body language. And you're having to lean only mostly on your tonality. And the words that you say is just like 7%. So it's more about how you say it. And that stuff was really the things that pulled me in and also asking the right questions. I wanted to learn how to ask the right questions. So instead of getting someone to say yes, get them to say no first because people love saying yes, no, right? Yes, 100%. Oh, I've been an advocate this for so long. Okay, so let's back it up a little bit because I want to make sure we get the audience super involved in this. So SPIN is a four-letter acronym, right? So if you could break it out for us and and how it, how it uh, is in your process. Yeah, so SPIN is your situation and that's you'd be breaking down like, hey, what's going on? Tell me a little bit about what you're experiencing right now. And then you go into the problem and from there you're figuring out what is it that I can find a solution for? And you do that through active listening, right? So most of the time when you're on the phone, you don't want to be the one speaking. You let them speak. They say most of everything and you're just kind of there. It almost feels like you're a therapist where you're really listening and looking for what is really going on in their life that they don't want to tell you about. And then after that, what's the eye? I'm, I'm like drawing a blank. The I and yeah, so so and typically you're talking about usually influence. I I believe it's another word on spin, but it's it's about finding like uh, in, was it like injecting yourself into the solution? I forgot. That yeah, I yeah. So so generally the the basic scenario, right, is is you start with the situation, the problem, which is like the beginning of the map. Yes. And then you really understand that problem, and so the word that usually associates me, I, I don't use the spin method exactly as, as it would be described, but it's like the pain. Uh-huh. And then you're developing the next part of the map, right? Which is essentially where the goals are. Yes. Um, yeah, but continue on. Yeah. So then you have your next step, which is really going into your injecting yourself. And you're also at the same time when you're getting, you're getting into this step, you're kind of making the problem bigger because what happens is a lot of people will push things off for a really long time because they don't have a solution. So it's like out of sight, out of mind. Like, let's just not think about it. Let's not talk about it. It doesn't exist. So you bring that over from the back burner to the front burner and kind of ask them questions like, well, what really happens here if you don't take care of this problem? And this could be applied to any single thing, right? It's not just like, what would happen if you don't sell your property? No, it's it's what would happen if you don't lose that extra weight that you have on your body right now, right? Yeah. And then you got your need payoff, which is the last one, which is you're asking, what's it going to take for you to finally make this step that you know you should be taking? Because now at this point, you've already gone through the situation, the problem, and you're already going through now, how do we solve this? And you want to make sure that it comes from them because I could sit here, listen to your problems. And this is why if you've ever gone to a therapist, they don't really tell you what to do. Okay. Because if you tell someone what to do, they're not going to do it. How many times have we had friends who come to us for advice? You tell them exactly what to do. They do completely the opposite. Why? Because it didn't come from them. It was not their idea. And because it's not their idea, they're not accepting it as their own. It's not until the point that they finally have a breakdown of 
wow, these problems are so real that I have to take care of it now. What do I need to do? And then you help them find that solution. And in that solution, that's where you come in because you have the ability to help someone. A hundred percent. Because a lot of times like, okay, so like if we rank salesmen based on skill, right? The lowest level of skill is the order taker, right? They want what you have to sell, they understand it, et cetera. And then it gets a little bit harder when maybe they don't understand, but it's still the right solution all the way to the far end, which is they're like in a completely different headspace, right? Like they have limiting beliefs. Those limiting beliefs would prevent them from buying and you have to shift their beliefs in real time, mm-hmm. right? And that spin method is essentially how we get to understand and unpack what, they, what they're working on so that we can both have this mutual understanding so that we have the foundation for the ability to start speaking directly to their limiting beliefs. Exactly. And once you get there and you, you get them to work through their limiting beliefs and you find a solution, it just becomes a lot easier because a lot of the times people will not see that solution, no matter if it's in front of their face. And so it's our job to help people find it without telling them what to do. So, so, oh my gosh, I have so many questions and so many things I want to go through with this. So let's talk about, so you've laid out the picture, right? You understand what their payoff is. You understand what their goals, their interest levels are. You understand their current situation and their, and all of that. And you recognize that they have a limiting belief. So you know that they want to be making a lot more income because they really hate their W2 job. Maybe they're in dental as well. And, but there's this big limiting belief, whether it's about security or their own abilities once you've summarized their situation, how do you shift the frame to get them out of their current limiting belief? Questions. It's always questions. So depending on the situation, let's say somebody's been at a dead end job, like I was myself, and I started my asking myself questions, but you would do the same thing for someone else. So like I touched on earlier, what would happen if you stay at this nine to five job? Right. And there's so many things that could come from that. It would be like, I'm unhappy. I'm going to hit a pay cap. I'm going to be working for someone for a very long time. I'm going to be limited to the things that I'm provided to start all over again. Cause it's just such a cycle, right? When you're working for somebody else and you're in their business, they, it's like, you're in a cycle that's very difficult to get out of because you have a stability of income that's coming in. And getting out of that is really scary. So you have to ask the right questions so that people internalize it and find their own solutions. And so it's just guiding them over to the solution and empowering them to take the step. So let's say this person is really dense and really thick. Um, and you, when you're trying to bring up a subject, do you typically bring it up in the form of a question like, what do you think about this? What's, what's generally the way that you plant the idea in their mind? Is I, when it comes to helping them find their own internal solution, Yeah, I think that the one that I've been saying is very powerful. Like what happens if you continue to do the same things that you've been doing every single day? Right. Because if you want change, it's not going to come from you doing the same things over and over again, because it's like Albert Einstein said, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. So the only way that you can change your future is by changing the things that you're doing right now, either looking at your actions, your habits, your thoughts, the things that are that make you you right. If you start to look at 
what have I been focusing on versus what do I want? What does the picture look like? That's another good way to get people to find that solution is by asking them to paint you a picture of the wildest thing that they want. What's your wildest dream? What does that life look like? Now backtrack that, reverse engineer it. Tell me what you've been doing now and does that path lead you to where you want to go? And usually the answer is no, because otherwise you would be there or you would be on your way there. Right. Well, and, and when you talk about what have you tried so far, right. In service to the goal, then that question then leads to the obvious, right? Like, well, yeah, I've been, I tried this for three months and I'm not any closer. Right. So Mm -hmm. showing the clear, obvious, the fact that it's not working towards what they want to accomplish. Um, I'm really curious because you mentioned the role of therapist, which I have told myself so many times, like, this is what I am. I'm a counselor. I'm a therapist. Do you put yourself in that role, the entire sales call, or do you find that you play different characters depending on what part of the spin cycle you're in and what part of the post spin cycle you're in? Um, That's a great question. I hadn't really considered it. I think that you probably modify because depending on the situation. So let's say that you're getting to the end. And and so you you could be a a therapist maybe in the beginning, but then at a certain point you turn into the guide. Now you're guiding them to the right path. Right. And, and when you're, it's like, they're the hero. Have you ever, have you ever read that book, the um, building a story brand? Oh yeah. With Donald Miller. Yes. And they talk about how you have the hero and then you have the guide and the hero is not you. It's actually the person who you're speaking to, the person who you're marketing towards always. Yep. And you're the guide. And think about it this way. The reason why you're the guide is because you've already gone through things like that. You 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 have the ability to give them insights that you've gone through so that they don't go through it. And if they do, that's 100% okay because some people learn by <laughs> experiencing things. I know I do. But it's like you have the ability to cut a shortcut for them, build a shortcut and kind of give them the right steps to take. So for example, if you're building a business and you know, no one who has a business, you're the very first one in your family. You have no like guidance whatsoever. It's like you're in a car and you literally only see what the headlights are showing you and everything else is just dark, right? At that point, that's where it's very helpful to have a guide, to have someone who's already done it before. And that's why people seek mentorship or surround yourself with people who are also doing the same things that you are doing or want to do. Right. And so I'd say also, if you're looking to change anything about your life, also look at the people who you're hanging around with because that'll show you where you're at and where you're going. Give me an idea of this. So you're in sales and psychology, right? You're new into this. Are you like now hanging out with all these people and you're just like practicing sales on each other, practicing psychology? What did your circle look like as you left the dentist, dentistry world? Oh, great question. So it, it actually happened all simultaneously where I was having a conversation with a friend and I noticed in the moment presently while she's speaking, wow, like this is the same thing over and over again and also in different people. And I was just thinking, I need new friends. 
I want new people around me. And I described them. I said it out loud, what kind of people I wanted to be surrounded by. I said, I want to be around young professionals. I want to be around people who have businesses. I want to be around people who are doing more. And that's exactly what I attracted to me. It was like a week or two weeks later, literally that quickly. And I met a wholesaler investor at the park. And this was during like COVID time when it was just starting to not be so severe. So back in 2020 and around the summertime, you know, Texans, how we are, we're, we're not the most serious about things. So we were out at the park. I met, I met this guy and he says, I buy houses. And I, and we were like, Oh, okay, that's cool. We left it at that. But a little bit later, once I start looking at the things that I want to do differently, I asked him to go to work with him. Once I did that, I quit my job and I started surrounding myself by going to different networking events, finding new people who were also doing the same things that I was doing. And when it came to practicing sales and psychology on each other, yes. And it was so much fun to ask these questions and we know exactly what we're doing, but that's okay. Like if somebody runs sales on me, I'm not mad at it. I respect it. I, I It's more like I appreciate that you have the knowledge and that you're actually being intentional about the conversation that we're having instead of just like, oh yeah, whatever comes from this comes from it. Like, no, let's have intention. Let's have a reason why we're doing things. So I was 100% okay with it. And yes, we practiced all the time and it was great. I love it. I still do it sometimes like, just for fun. Of course. Yeah. Everyone who listens to our show knows Tim and I are passionate about obtaining financial freedom through real estate investing. We also know that everyone's situations and goals are different. And while there are programs out there that show you a path to financial freedom, many of these programs are just too cookie cutter and don't take your personality, situation, and desired outcome into account. Think about the number of times that you've watched a guru online and tried to do the exact same thing as they did, but had nowhere near the same results. You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. The results prove this out. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secrets that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is not something that we're okay with. The benefit of working with Tim and I is that we are interviewing between 5 and 20 people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of seven-figure strategies and gotten inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We're able to work with you to pick the strategy that will best fit and then help you create the custom plan to take you quickly into financial freedom. As a former math teacher, I always taught my students that the fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us. And let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. Well, and the beauty of the spin cycle too, I mean, the selling cycle is that like, you're just trying to figure out what they want in life and, mm -hmm. and what's holding them up. Right. And so it's like, what person doesn't want to get to their end goals. Right. I mean, where it gets a little yeah. crazy is if they take that information and don't listen and do all these other bad yeah. things, but but the whole process of just getting to know somebody is it's a really sound process. Yeah. And one of my favorite things about sales and psychology is that you can literally use it all the time for any single thing, no matter how small you may think it may be. So for example, I was at a coffee shop and they got my order wrong. Now I don't want to be a Karen and I don't want to go up to the counter and say, Hey, you messed up my order. I need you to fix it. So there's an alternative to that. And it's sales and psychology and it works so beautifully. So what I did was go up to the counter and I say, you're going to hate me, 
And they're like, no, I could never hate you. Why? What's wrong? Oh, man, it's because this drink is just a little too sweet for me, and it's really hard for me to drink it. Would it be completely unreasonable that you remake it? Or maybe you could add a shot, like something to help me out. And they just take so kindly to that because I'm asking for help. So there's so many. There's so It's just so powerful that you could have a way to communicate with people. And I've heard people say, well, isn't that manipulation? And it's like, no, it's not. Because if you could find a better way to communicate with people instead of coming off very aggressively and you know exactly what you're doing intentionally to communicate better, that's a win. Do you think this works for, for men as just as much as women? Like, I mean, you're, you're a female, you have a very, you know, nice smile, very cute personality. Like if I, if I went up to the desk, right, more of a stern face male, like, would it have the same impact? A hundred percent. Yeah. Cause it's like, it, it's all how you say it. So I use my charm as a woman to my advantage and that's a hundred percent. Okay. But you could do the same thing as a man. It's just the way that you say it, the, your tonality is super important, your your charisma, let it shine through. You know, we all have a charismatic part of us. Some of us hide it more. And <laughs> right. so it's that very deep for some of us. Yeah. So, all right. So let's dive in to back into the sales cycle. So you've given a good description here of the basic spin cycle, but the, the beginning part is really just summarizing somebody's, you know, entire, what their needs, goals, wants. At some point you have to close them. Right. So take us into closing. Cause I know the, the closers that I'm around, a lot of them, like people that think about closing, they think about this hardcore process, you know, but that's not how I close. I don't think that's probably how you close. So what is closing like for you? So right now, currently, now that I'm doing more outbound marketing, my closing process has changed. And even the way that I talk to people has changed. So I still start off with your situation, which is what does your business look like? And then at the end, it's more like, what do you want it to look like, right? And then have them paint and picture of what that looks like and then me coming in as the solution. So I make it very simple, very not pressured. That's one of my biggest things is that you don't want to feel like you're a used car salesman who's you're like, you want to test drive this right now? Can I see your license? Can I run your credit? Do you want to come inside? Like, no, it's always just, hey, this is just a conversation to see how I can help you out in your business. And I have these tools that will allow you to delegate most of everything to free up your time, right? So for me, it's really transferred into being just uh, finding their end goal and assisting them in reaching that end goal. So now you have not only sold, you've trained a leadership team and, and subsequently callers, which is for those that have tried or have done it, know what kind of task that is. So talk to us about your process, not just to become a great salesperson, but to transfer that skill set, not just to other people, but right to people that are not even in the U.S. Yes. So the best, that's, that's really where I found my strength was in developing and coaching and training people. And the way that I do it is just break it down so easily. Like you don't have to make it this hard thing. Just break it down. Like if you were explaining it to a five-year-old and if you can do that you can teach anyone and if you can do that you really know that you know it yourself so it's more about finding a way so that they can relate to the to the situation to the thing that you're doing and then they can mimic it mimic it themselves so for example i had a cold caller who was 
telling people, okay, I'm going to speak to my partner and we'll call you back with an offer. And I told him, no, don't do that. See, the, the, what you want to do is you want to approach it in a way of you're not the one in charge. You're never in charge. Not even me. I'm never in charge. If I'm on the phone, I'm going to say, I'm going to go talk to my manager. And there's multiple benefits to that. And I've asked him, okay, have you ever been in a store where you think they're the owner, but you're not 100% sure, and then you'll ask them and they'll say no? And it's like, why? Because mm -hmm. if they, you, as soon as you find out that they're the owner, you're going to ask for a discount or you're going to ask for something. There's no higher authority of appeal at that point. No. And he said right away, he's like, I used to do that. I had a store and I used to do that. I used to say that I was just an employee. And I was like, exactly. Because then you're looking more as you're on their side to help them out rather than you being the one that's making the decision and being the one that's telling them, no, we can't do that. So and prospects do that to us too, right? They're yeah. like, oh, I'm not the decision maker. Exactly. You know? And it's like, wait, you were five minutes ago before uh -huh. I said the price. Yeah. They're like, I got to talk to my aunt. I got to talk to my wife. I got to talk to the realtor. Like, yeah, yeah same, same thing. So even for me, I will say, give me a minute. I'm going to go talk to my manager. I'll be right back. And the way, the reason why I do that is because I'm there to help you out. I'm on your side. I'm doing everything I can for you. We're partners. <laughs> This is such a great strategy and this works on the agent side as well, right? Like when people are asking, what, what's the market for my house, right? Like, what do you think it's worth? And it's like, I don't think anything. The market will tell you what it's worth. Yeah. Like, I think it's yeah. worth a million dollars, right? The market says 200, but you know, I think it's worth a million. Yes, exactly. You could, you could, there's so many different ways to do it. You could say it's your manager. You could say it's your boss. You And, and like, even then you put that, that, that guy's a, he's, he's mean. He does. He's not on your yeah. side. He, all he cares about is the numbers. Okay. I'm doing the best. Let me go talk to him and I will see what I can do for you. Right. So you could yeah. even put it as, as far as like, it's, it's the, um, the team that, that runs the numbers. Right. So I have no power over that, but let me go talk the to underwriting, him. et cetera. Yes. Yeah. It, that, that, that was the word that I was looking for. Like use the underwriting team because then has anyone ever seen an underwriting team? Where do they where do they work? In a basement? I don't know. Like nobody knows. It's like you 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 think of this underwriting team as people who are just on their computer and never see the day of light. Don't talk to anybody. They're just all on calculators. That's all they care about. And that's perfect because then that benefits you. Like they're not the people 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 I am. You can talk to me. I'm on your side. I'll go talk to them. You hear that even like in my tonality where I'm making it soft, like if I was talking yep. to a client and it's like, yeah, don't, don't worry about it. Let me, let me go talk to the, the underwriting team. I'll, I'll see what I can do for you. And I will be right back. I'm going to put you on a brief hold. Okay. Like that's all it takes. And this process is very similar, obviously to the car industry, right? They go back to the manager four or five, six times. Now you probably only go back once, but um, obviously they like do that for three. a reason. <laughs> yeah. No, I love actually negotiating with um, car dealerships because I know that's what they're going to do, right? And as a salesperson, I like to, one, learn from them. But two, I like to go in at Friday at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock, whatever one hour is before they close, keep them past closing and see how many times they'll go back. So for me, I'm just saying, okay, can I get them to go back six times or seven times before they crack as opposed to me crack? Yeah. The worst part is I, I have a friend who recently went car shopping and she said, 
that the car salesmen are terrible car salesmen, that she was running more sales and building more rapport with them than they were with her. So yeah. <laughs> I guess it just depends. Yeah. Well, yeah, and long story short, if she went into the car business, she would, you know, mop the floor with the, with their numbers. She would kill it. <laughs> yeah. So now, is she in real estate? She is. She does acquisitions, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So she's in a better vehicle, anyways. Yeah. Uh, so cool. So you obviously started having a lot of success because you built a very, very valuable skill set, and then you built the next level of skill set, which is transferring that knowledge. And so now you run a business doing this, like. I mean, the world's practically your oyster at this point. And so like, how do you think about your life moving forward? Like, what's the vision? The vision moving forward, I would say, would be building a physical call center in another country. That's that's really what I want to do. And I'm working on getting there and also getting to 100 callers by the end of the year. We're at 40, so or a hundred VAs by the end of the year. Cause our, our VAs don't just, it isn't just consist of cold calling. It's also lead managers, acquisitions, dispo, TC, a little bit of everything. And since we have a little bit of everything, it just adds more to the team. And that's, that's what I'm in it for. I want to help people out. And if I can provide the people at a lower labor costs. And then apart from that, I'm the one who's managing it. I'm the one who's taking care of everything. I'm taking the bullets. Then it just frees up everyone's time to focus on the things that they're actually good at. Like you said, not everyone is good at managing or teaching others. And it's not the easiest thing, but if it's something that you're passionate about, then a hundred percent do it. But that's so go ahead. Keep going. Sorry. Go ahead. That's the vision for the business would be to open up a physical location in like Columbia and have um, physical people in, in an office. Incredible. How did you make the decision to go from, you know, like having these call for you to like building them for other people? Like, cause obviously you could have taken all these 40 callers that you have and really scaled your business. So what was kind of that deciding factor to do it for others as opposed to growing your own internal business? It really just happened for me and for us. So what was going on at the time is I was training people and our friends were seeing what we were doing. They were struggling with VAs. They were struggling with their callers. They didn't have time to train people. And so they asked us to do that for them. And so it just kind of came from that, which is perfect because I, I, during that time, I knew that I didn't want to do wholesaling for a long period of time. It's not something that I'm passionate about. And I was looking for the things that were my strengths and it just kind of happened for me. Awesome. And so, so the vision for the next 12 to 18 months then is, is very similar, right? I mean, you're wanting to have a hundred callers by the end of the year. And so the goal then is to have a full blown in like live in person call center there in the next year or two. Yes. A hundred percent. Wow. So how, like, cause you, you're a partner in, in the investing business. Is that right? No, not in the investing side. So I've, I've put my full focus on developing the call center. I've done wholesaling. I did it from by myself for a month and a half and I did a quarterly meeting. And after my quarterly meeting, I cried 
And that's mm. how I found out and figured out that that wasn't something that I wanted to do. I do want to go into investing eventually, but not wholesaling. So I'd, I'd want to focus on just like the acquiring of the properties or, you know, maybe short-term rentals, something like that, not the wholesaling, acquiring and then selling it to someone else, that stuff. I know that's not for me. Yeah. So obviously your main passion is growing the call team. What, what do you see as the vision for you longer into the future? Longer into the future, as in like five years, three years down the road? Five, 10 years, yeah. Like, like however you measure that. I think that that's such a crazy thought because if I'm looking at opening up a call center, does that mean I'm going to be living in Colombia? It's a possibility. I don't know what that looks like. That's like the craziest thing to me is that in the future, I could be living in another country. And I don't know if it would be part-time or full-time, all I know is that my vision would be to do that in multiple different countries, different cities. So it could be, it could start off in Colombia and then maybe in Egypt, then maybe Mexico. Like it's, that's, that's my vision to have multiple different call centers in different places and not just limit myself to real estate, but open up to different things, maybe have an umbrella of different companies that are targeting different things. So special one that specializes in targeting real estate and then others that might be like more customer service focused. So I've had crazy thoughts like, well, who is AT&T using for their call centers? Right. Or yeah. Like how do I get in touch? I can make it a lot better. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Love that you have such big goals. Karis, thank you so much for coming on and sharing about your life and your business. For those of you out there listening, like there's so much in here from the suspend method in general. If you haven't heard of it, check it out. To all the way to like, how, how do you change living beliefs? How do you get people to move off the fence and do business with you in a way that's like very non-threatening and, and very enjoyable often to the prospect? So write down something you guys learned. Share it with somebody you know so they can hold you accountable. It's freedom is acquired one action at a time. If you take steps day by day before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Engagement is like gold to us. We can't do what we're doing without it. Reviews and subscriptions, particularly on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, are worth more than money. So please do what you can to support the show. 